Pablo, thanks for joining uh, me on this podcast. I appreciate it. We're not going to pretend like we don't know each other and work together all the time. Um, you're a fantastic trainer. For those of you that don't know, Pablo Trancoso is a really awesome family man. Um, he's a spiritual man. He's a good man. And I'd like to consider him a friend. And I'm having him on today. We're going to talk about something that's very passionate. He's very passionate about how we need a winning team around us to succeed. We cannot do it alone. So why don't you tell me a little bit more about the genesis of this? Man, it's, it's, uh, it's an honor to be on with you, Richard. And, you know, listen, for probably the last uh, four years, I've, I've discovered a, a very important truth. Uh, and even in Proverbs, um, it says specifically, it says, for a lack of guidance, a nation's fall, like a nation will fall, but victory is won through many advisors. And it's not until like, like for me, it wasn't until like you take a look at what does that really mean and how has that actually impacted, right? If you take a look and go backwards in life and see, okay, if that is really a truth, right? If this is for scriptural or if this is something that's ingrained and something that's been written down for thousands and thousands of years, like what's the truth behind that? And so it's funny, like you just start to look back um, and the very first mentor that I had, the very first kind of advisor who I didn't even really think of like that because you didn't know what you didn't know, uh, was in the mortgage business, right? This is before I had my own shop. This was the number one guy out of like, uh, out of a company that had like 300 loan officers. Um, number one guy. And he ended up becoming our branch manager, right? So the, the company that I first started like working with, and this guy got hired you know, he came from uh, New Jersey down to down to uh, uh, Baltimore, Maryland, and uh, his name's Damon Damon Dukes. He sat next to me. He was the number one. Like he would crush it, crushed it on Lending Tree, crushed it on like inbound calls. Uh, you know, I remember back then. You know, every single month, this guy was number one in units, number one in volume, number one in uh, customer satisfaction, number one in like lease deals, churning that sort of thing. And we were fortunate enough to have him. I didn't know, you know, I was awful at sales back then. <laughs> I was really bad. In fact, I'd been called into the the manager's office a uh, couple times about, hey, you were gonna have to turn things around or, or you're gonna have to turn around, right? And uh, and I just remember my last shot was really just sitting next to him. And I, I sat next to him and literally within um, within 60, 60 days, everything changed. Everything changed. Talk to Out me about that. Speech. But before, for, for a second, how does that feel? when you get pulled into that kind of meeting and you're not underperforming? I mean, I was, I was only a f uh, like two years out of college at that point and it, 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 was, it was a little bit scary and I wasn't even sure if, that, if the business was for me. I mean, there's not a lot of people that grow up thinking, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be in the mortgage industry. <laughs> yeah. um, so I was still trying to figure, figure that out. But when, but when I really realized, man, if you could have like coach or a mentor or somebody that could train you that actually cared not just about the business but life in general you know walking into those meetings sucked and hurt but at the same time that's that's really at that point there is a you have a decision to make do I roll out or do I lean in and um, and for me I, I wasn't sure until until literally I had a meeting with Damon and he said he said I want you to lean in right and sometimes we need somebody that just leads us and he was like, I want you to lean in. I want you to sit next to me. I want you to do what I do. And I want you to model model me. 
And, um, and that's exactly what happened. I basically did, I, I found out really quickly that I was a really good copycat. And I did everything this guy did. And within 60 days, everything, everything started to change. Like, what um, are some examples of that? I just saw, I just added my curiosity. What you, yeah, what I mean, I went from, that... I went from like doing maybe just a couple loans a month um, as a brand new loan officer to doing eight to 10 consistently a month and started going on, on trips, you know, that, that sort of thing, winning, winning the, the president's club and going with, yeah. you know, with all of the winners across the country. It was, it was really, really neat. I was just yeah. listening to um, the SPP of sales and Go Mortgage and two of his um, top producing loan officers. And his top, one of his top producing loan officers does about 120 to 20, between 120 and 200 loans a year. So sounds like, sounds like you became one of those guys and, uh, and, and gals. And he, you know, that loan officer was really eye opening about some of the strategies that he uses to produce that kind of volume. But, but let's, let's try and get focused back on, on the main topic that you're driving towards because I love, I love that you need a, a winning team around you to succeed. So, so how does that relate to the Damon Duke uh, situation? Is that, that basically you need a really good mentor? I think that everyone needs kind of like their rally team. And for everyone, it's different, right? Uh, but I really believe that there's, you know, you got to have, you got to have people that are in, in different areas of your life. So somebody that's specifically in the business that you're in that can help you with kind of growth and mentorship with, when it comes to um, business and strategies. Someone who's already been where you are, somebody who struggled with what you struggled with, uh, and someone then who's actually overcome those things, right? And then I also think that, you know, there's, there's people outside of work, right? So there's, there's your family mentorship, right? Like, who, who is it? It might be somebody in your, um, that's in your family or somebody that you admire that's a, a great father or a great mother or a great wife or husband, that sort of thing. And, and maybe even, you know, spiritually, you know, whatever you believe, you know, for me, I'm a Christian. I had, I had amazing, incredible, you know, spiritual mentors as well. Um, with Damon, I mean, what he did uh, was he was the first one that introduced me to this idea that, man, you got to have, you can't do this alone, right? Uh, for, for someone who was maybe just out of school or just getting into the industry and just thinking, hey, what I did before was going to, it was going to help me succeed over here. Not true. And... And it's not until somebody grabs you up, and that's what he did. So I owe a debt of gratitude to to him because for a long, long time he was he was one of those advisors to me. Where even after I had left that company, I would still reach out to him. And oddly enough, where I ended up going, uh, you know, to have a, a branch business, eventually he he ended up coming over to that business as well and and opening up a very successful branch uh, at that same company. That's so it's cool. Just interesting so how did, the, the circle, that, this full circle. So. Did Damon Duke have his own mentor? I mean, I'm, I always find this interesting. Like when you have a really good uh, Yoda, let's call him a Yoda. Yeah, you know, who's Yoda's Yoda? Right. Um, so I, you know, it's it's funny because that, that was very early on. I was very, um, again, kind of uh, let's call it immature in in my personal growth and development, which today I'm I'm very different from that. Still have a long way to go. But he was the one that I'll never forget it. I, we jumped into his car. We'd go to lunch. And he would immediately, he would always have like something playing in his car, but not music. And it was like, uh, it was somebody like giving instructions on like, here's what you need to do to sharpen the sword. Like he was the one that introduced me to like uh, the, um, the Rainmaker, uh, the mm. audio cassettes and, and Les Brown and Brian Tracy and, you know, all these, all these like, you know, monsters uh, in, in, in the personal growth and development space. And one thing I did learn eventually was that, you know, your mentor 
doesn't need to be somebody necessarily that's like alive that I can talk to. It could be a mentor that's in a book. It could be a mentor now with, you know, social media. You can get your mentor in, in all different ways, right? Video, audio, um, webinars, that sort of thing. So, yeah, I'm not sure exactly who it was. I just know he followed everyone and he would always share what he followed in our meetings. And that was hmm. something that really drew me to that. Uh, I said, man, I, I, I need to be like more like that. Yeah, that's awesome. I, it's funny. Some people read, some people listen to podcasts, some people watch the news or TV. It doesn't matter how you digest it, but really good when you read or hear something really good, it gets you to think critically about things that you're doing in your life. And sometimes you're taking more notes than you are actually reading and taking notes about things that impact your life. But I want to, um, I want you to touch on one thing, um, Pablo, you went, most people don't know this, who don't know you really well. So let's just talk about this. You had a very successful branch that you were running at some point and uh, in your career. And, you know, then 2008 happened and so it be, if life became really hard, you know, you went from multiple homes owning, you know, Maseratis, helicopters, that kind of thing. <laughs> to, and then, you know, 2008 happened and having to like lose a lot of that and, um, and, then, and then building life back up. And so that's a real, that's a hell of a roller coaster to have to go through. And um, I'm interested to know, the team that was around you kind of before, during that hard time and after and, and how, um, how that has helped kind of create who you are today. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, there's a lot of people that experience that, that might be listening to this, um, whether they experienced it personally or they knew people that experienced it. And a lot of the stories are the same, right? We, you know, everyone was doing great. Lehman Brothers comes out on, uh, September 15th, 2007. People like you know the date. <laughs> yeah, I remember I was watching, you know, Files for Bankruptcy, uh, Chapter 11 Bankruptcy on, um, I believe it was September 15th, uh, 2007. And then within, and then like 12 months later, I had lost everything. You know, a, a lot of it is a blur, to be honest. Um, you know, my advisory group, right? I, I, let's, let's just put it this way. I had Damon, but he didn't come with me when I opened up my branch. And I wasn't, remember, I, I I didn't know <laughs> what I didn't know. And so I didn't know that I, I should probably keep someone like him in pocket um, at all times. And not to say that, you know, the organization that, that I had a branch with, I mean, wonderful resources, incredible. That's how we were able to, for, for someone just starting out only two years in the business, we were doing, um, you know, 60 million a year in volume back then. I, yeah, I was incredible. Um, you know, w w personally, we were able to do some, you know, I was able to do some uh, things that growing up, I, we had never experienced had a, really bad relationship with money growing up. You know, my, my stepfather was enlisted in the Navy, making about 25,000 a year for a family of five. So, um, you know, so, so, so when things started going, going our way financially, it was, it was a different ball game. But I'll, I'll, I'll say what I, maybe I'll share uh, a different kind of advisor uh, that came around. So I remember I had about, I had about $10,000 left in my account. Turns out when you're looking at bankruptcy and things like that, and um, I really wanted to, to make it happen. But what happens is I was like, well, listen, I've got, I know I've got enough money in IRAs, 401ks, things like that, that I'd built up, um, that I could start to pay down some of these debts and really pivot and come out of this. So I, that was my plan. And then I, and then I find out that my portfolio of real estate, when no one was renewing their real, their, their leases, now all of a sudden I had, you know, <laughs> a half dozen rentals that I had to pay for. Meanwhile, you know, the revenue's going down, income's going down. And what I didn't realize was that IRAs and 401k money 
um, cannot just be saved on the side while you let the other while you let real estate go, right? Or at least I didn't have a team that could say, "Oh no, well you can you know move things around." And so that didn't happen. So basically, we had to I had to alleviate the funds. I had to literally liquidate those funds to pay for properties that I knew eventually were going to go into foreclosure, short sale, you name it, right? And in, and in fact, a lot of those properties ended up being bailed out by the banks or the banks ended up being bailed out that had them. And so I remember I had about $10,000 left in my savings account. That was it. I went to go to take some of that money out. You got to forgive me here because, you know, talking about some of this stuff sometimes um, just brings you back to not necessarily the spot you want to be at, but it's good to recognize where you were. So I go to the ATM. Um, I took out, I, I went to take out some cash um, literally for like lunch and um, zero dollars in the account, unavailable funds. Hmm. I, I thought surely something was wrong. So I tried again, zero dollars, unavailable funds. Turns out one of the properties that I was behind on was also tied, the mortgage on that property was also tied to my bank account. And what I had failed to recognize or read into the fine print was that if and when I do go behind a certain amount on that property, they can reroute the funds, my funds, mm. what I thought were my funds, uh, to those accounts. And that's what happened. So for, uh, so I, I went into like a, you know, that I knew the writing on the wall, but that was something that, you know, when you can't have just a little bit of something and, and your literal food on the table is taken away, um, I went into like a, a an even deeper state of, of depression at that time. And I got a phone call. And sometimes, you know, God, fate, whatever you want to call it, uh, has a way of, of really just uh, turning things for you. I got a phone call from, a, from a, a, an old friend of mine, which by the way, back then I'd lost a lot of friends, right? People you thought were friends or, uh, you know, people you thought you could rely on or have conversations with. And this one guy calls me up. I'd known him for, you know, 10 years at this point calls me up. He's like, Pablo, you know, I heard about what you're going through. Um, I've been trying to reach you. And, um, and I'm moving down to, I'm moving down to, to Vieques, which is a small island off the coast of Puerto Rico, six miles off the, the coast of uh, Puerto Rico. It's an island about five by 20 miles, really five miles or five miles by 20 miles, right? And he's like, I'm moving down here. Um, I'm opening up a hotel and I know you're going through a rough patch. My wife isn't moving down for a couple more months. And uh, why don't you come down and, and, and spend some time here with me? All right, get away from everything that's going on there and do a reset. My friend Oscar, Oscar Fontana, you know, I, I don't know what would have happened if he didn't make that call. Um, I took him up on that call, but I don't know what would have happened if he didn't make that call. Um, you know, there were days I was literally going from house to house, my house that was being foreclosed on, then I would move to the next house before that one was foreclosed on. Then I wow. would, you know, and um, yeah, you know, at the same time, dealing with the weight of that, but also dealing with the weight of, man, over the last year, year and a half, you know, having 25 employees that, um, listen, I didn't have to fire anyone, you know, they, they, they would see the kind of writing on the wall. And so they would make their move out. But it was it was just sad to see, like, people that were thriving now have to kind of go out. But I think at the end of the day, like, they all landed. I, I know some I know some of the people that we hired are are are, are VPs um, at some at some of uh, the companies that now we represent at Sales Boomerang, which is wow. wonderful. 
wonderful to see that. Um, you know, the first company that I had to go and train after after joining Sales Boomerang was the company that I had a branch with. So imagine kind of kind of oh, what that cool. was like. But but that's what I did. I, I you know, I had an advisor that was outside. Uh, he was a really close friend to this day. We still, you know, we still stay very close in touch. I mean, he lives in you know, different states and but that's something that... How did that, you even get to Puerto Rico, right? How did you even buy that ticket, right? I imagine you didn't have that in the account. <laughs> I mean, there was... Uh, you just make it happen. Yeah. You just make it... You, you find a way, right? Yeah. You just figure it out, right? So that was really kind of the opening that it was for me. Uh, it was not a vacation, but um, it was definitely a reset. And so that helped out. So that one-on-one time, um, that exploration, you know, some people do it proactively. I did it reactively, right? Some people do that proactively and they'll take, you know, plan time uh, away. But, but it's, it's surrounding yourself with people like that and then never forgetting um, that you can't step out of those kinds of things on your own, regardless, whether it's work or life um, or, or, or business that, uh, that you're facing. You, you have to have those people. That's, that is incredible. So what were you doing out of curiosity in Puerto Rico? You bar- what were you doing when it passed the time while you were, you know, kind of like getting back on your feet? Well, I went down for uh, for a couple months. You know, the idea was I'm going to go down for you know a month or two months. Ended up staying there for for two months, and um, I decided, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna head back home. You know, and I was a bartender in college, so I figured I'll go back home. Um, I remember having a conversation with Oscar. He's like, "What are you gonna do?" I was like, "I'm gonna bartend. I'll bartend at night. I'll figure it out during the day of like kind of what my next you know career move is." Um, something in sales, something in maybe real estate or, or, or financing. And he's like, he's like, you're going to go bartend back in Baltimore. He's like, you realize I'm opening a hotel, a luxury hotel on an Island. <laughs> Why don't you just stay here and work, yeah. work for us? You know, work I mean, with no me. offense to the hotels in Baltimore, but that's a pretty easy, easy decision, right? So I ended up staying there for exactly a year. What was supposed to be a 30, 60 day, you know, visit ended up being a year. And I literally, I mean, I came back. Here's how it worked. He, he had a, you know, his company was paying for a, a container uh, of his stuff to go down. And, and I was able to, uh, to squeeze some of my stuff in there. Uh, cool. I didn't squeeze in there. I, I still had to get my own ticket. But, uh, <laughs> but that, was, uh, that, was, that was just so awesome to, to, to watch that happen. Have, have a friend that was like, let's, I can help you. Yeah. That's and so awesome. what we did down there, I bartended and, um, you know, I ended up working with folks that, uh, helping and serving folks that were at their best. Right. So we talk about luxury hotel, imagine the people, so people like VPs of companies coming in of, of mortgage companies, of real estate companies, tech companies, entertainment companies. I was a W hotel. And so I'd meet people at the highest level that were at their, you know, feeling their best. And it just really helped give me confidence when I when I started having conversation with people like that, um, and all that led to a lot of opportunities. So, long story short, I, I ended up opening up um, three different W hotels. Ended up moving back to Austin, then eventually moved to to LA um, to do the same thing. But when I moved to LA, I really wanted something different um, outside of the hospitality industry, and that's sure. when I fell fell back into uh, into into you know mortgage and and insurance at the time. Cool. Well, Pablo, I think we're at the top of the hour here. I know that um, you've got to jump, but I just wanted to say uh, thanks a lot for hopping on with me. You know, I've heard this story from you before, and uh, it is very inspirational. And I think anybody who listens to this 
you know, it's good to, when someone actually exposes themselves and shows like the bad times in, in, in addition to the good times. I think if you look at social media in general, everybody's only showing the good times. Nobody's showing the bad times. And uh, I actually think it's way more interesting to hear someone talk about the bad times than it is the good times, you know? Well, you know, uh, my good friend John Maxwell says uh, sometimes, sometimes you win and sometimes you learn. So if, if you can learn from your failures, um, you know, it's, it's not the word failure. If you look at the word, it's fail. You're not losing unless you quit, right? So failure, fail, you're not losing unless you quit. And so that's Love the thing. It. It's like, don't, don't quit. Uh, whether, you know, whatever you're doing, you're never, you're never going to lose unless you quit. And so, uh, th- that's, that's my word of encouragement to, to anyone listening. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, please give us a five-star rating, subscribe, and tell all your friends about the show. We at Sales Boomerang started this podcast to elevate the mortgage lending industry by sharing the kind of exclusive insider knowledge from the successes and failures of the best of the best. The foundation of every successful lender is borrower retention. Sales Boomerang is the number one fully automated borrower retention system in the industry. One in two of the biggest lending companies in the United States use Sales Boomerang to make sure they reach out to their borrowers when they need a loan, and more importantly, before their competitors do. If you want to learn more about Sales Boomerang, check us out at salesboomerang.com. Thank you.